theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. A lot about worship. And I want to stay in that vein and unpack that a bit more. As a matter of fact, by the help of His Spirit, I want to preach this thought to you today. What's love got to do with it? What's love got to do with it? Don't start singing Tina Turner just yet because then I might not stop it. Praise God. We're good. We're good. Uh, I want you to understand that you and I were born a worshiper. You were born a worshiper. I was born a worshiper. You may not realize it, but it's natural for you and I to worship. The question is not, are you a worshiper? The question is not, am I a worshiper? The question is, what or who do we worship? See, we all worship. And by the way, can I just push pause for a moment and say, worship is not just singing. Please don't misunderstand me. Sure, singing can be worship, but I do know that people can sing and not worship. Yes, singing can be worship, but I want you to hear me. People can sing and not worship. See, we've all done this at some point. It's my hope and prayer that nobody was doing it today. It didn't feel like it. Hearts were engaged. We were passionately lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for that. But there have been times where we have sung and yet our minds were somewhere else. We're singing and we're thinking about the game. We're singing and we're thinking about finances. We're singing and we're thinking about that argument we had on the way to church. We're singing and, and we're, we're, we're thinking about the task that we have to finish in order to kind of start the week off on a fresh note. See, that is not worship. Worship is not just exalting God. That's a part of worship as well. But I want you to hear me. I want you to understand that God did not create us to exalt him. Please hear me. He has the angels to do that. See, the angels were doing it even before creation. As a matter of fact, they're doing it right now. And if you read in Revelation, they'll be doing it for all eternity. But the reason why I'm saying that God did not create you and I because he did not need someone to exalt him. He did not create us to exalt him. So that's not what worship is. I'm going to tell you what worship is. It's simply this. Worship is love expressed. Worship is love expressed. And I'm going to unpack this a little bit. I want you to hear me. If it's not, if it's love and it's not expressed, it's not worship. And if you express something yet, it's not love, it's not worship. Follow me. Worship is when we express our love to God. You and I were created to give and to receive love from God. See, the angels were not. The angels were created to, uh, they were not created to love God and to be loved by God. Only you and I were. So worship is about love. It's about expressing love. And this is where Tina Turner, she says, what's love got to do with it? It's nothing but a secondhand emotion 
I'm here to tell you that Tina Turner is dead wrong. Love, first of all, is not secondary. It's primary. And then love is not an emotion. It's a choice. Can I tell you, you and I, people say all the time, you know, you have to be careful. If you say, oh, man, I just, I remember when we fell in love. If you're not careful, you'll remember when you fell out of love, too. See, love is a choice. Love is not a feeling. Don't allow feelings to dictate or lord over you. This is, I know this is popular today. Every, you know, relativism and everybody's got a truth. But sometimes we just need to get back to good old-fashioned commitment. I know people don't preach that that often anymore. You just kind of do what you want to do whimsically, you know, quizzically, however you want to do it. But can I tell you, there's something to reflect a commitment. And when we make a commitment, it's predicated upon a choice, a choice to say whether I feel it or not, I'm going to do it. So worship is love expressed and worship is about love. Now, worship is love. That's what it is. I'm going to show you something. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 11. And this might catch a few of you off guard, but it's my hope that this will will bless you and uh, help you unpack this understanding of what worship is because love is a choice. Look at your neighbor and say, love is a choice. Let them see it in your eyes because they can't can't see it in your face. Tell them, look, look, love is a choice. See, the reason why God commands you and I To worship him and to love him is because we have a choice. But here's what I want you to catch. He's commanding us to make the right choice for our benefit. Watch. Look at Deuteronomy 11 and 1. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his judgments, and his commandments always. Let's skip down to verse 13. And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Do you see God is commanding us to love him? Now, let's fast forward to the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew 22, starting at verse 35. Jesus is having a conversation and a lawyer asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and what? Great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, Jesus is quoting, in this case, Deuteronomy 6 and 5, but the point is he's telling them something very powerful, and that is we are commanded to love God with all of our heart. So some of you are probably wondering, okay, you know what? I want to love God. I want to love God, Pastor Akil. How do I love God with all of my heart? See, I believe when you entered into covenant, when you understand the Bible is the, or the covenants are the backbone of the Bible. It is a divine divine agreement, stronger than a contract, if you will. And the backbone of the Bible are covenants. So in this case, when you and I entered into covenant with God through baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, he gives you and I the ability to love him. 
Let me explain. See, faith precedes all of this, but faith brings us to a place of repentance. Repentance simply means turning away, saying, God, I'm not going to please myself, but I'm going to please you. And now faith does that. But see, it's the goodness of God that calls you and I unto repentance. None of us are capable of wanting to repent on our own. It's the goodness of God that brings us to a place to repent. Even if you are thinking about being sorry, it's not because you're so religious. It's not because you're so knowledgeable of scripture. It's not because you've been so good. It's simply because God is good and his goodness and mercy endures forever. And that's which calls us to repentance. So you need to know this. He gave you and I a new heart so that we could love him. He actually, when we were baptized in his name, this is why this is so important. When I'm talking about our heart, the scripture is talking about the seat of our emotions, our inner being, so that we could choose to love him from that secret place where we contemplate, where we meditate, where we open up our heart, our essence of who we are, and let him in. Let me show you. I want to show you this. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart. Now, this next phrase is really, really good, and I want you to claim this for your family. And the heart of your descendants. Praise God. <laughs> I like to claim that for my family. And watch this. Watch what he's going to do circumcise your heart to do to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul that you may live in other words for your benefit choosing to love God is for our benefit Choosing to love God is for our benefit. Let me show you. So let me just talk to you about this baptism thing for just another moment. Colossians 2, 11. Look at this. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. This is why when you're baptized into Christ, there is a circumcision that takes place. You're raised to the newness of life, and your desire and your want is to love God, and he's given you that clean heart. He's given you a new heart so that you may do that. Is anybody thankful they've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? It's so important because covenant is everything. And when you're in covenant and under covenant, you'll get supernatural results. So let me just talk about love for a moment here. Love, love, love. We, we need to understand that love flows. It just, it just flows. If you have ever loved someone before, if you've ever chosen to love someone before, you know that love just flows out of your heart. It just, it affects everything. You've seen those couples that are in love. And you've seen those couples that claim they're in love. And you're like, well, I don't know. I don't see it. You've seen those couples, man, they hold hands all the time and they're talking and, and they're just cuddling and they're just, and you're like, goodness gracious. Everybody knows y'all in love. Praise God. But then you see other relationships or other scenarios where it's a little chilly. You're like, yeah, y'all good? Y'all going to make it? Praise God. <laughs> it's more like a business transaction. We have that because 
Love is so easy to see, just spills out. I remember when Sarah and I, we were dating, and man, it was just, it was love. It was love, praise God. I mean, this was, this was, this was, yes, I mean, I was willing to drive six hours, and it felt like 45 minutes. I was like, I was flying to get there. Why? Because love just, it just flows out. I was just, I was happy, couldn't, you know, when you're in love, you just do corny stuff. You just, you stay on the phone all night and can't, you just fall asleep on the phone. Didn't even say, go. I remember, I remember those things. Why? Love just flows. It just flows. And that's what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to unpack this a little bit more here in a, in a little bit, but it's the same thing on the flip side. If we're not careful, it's very indicative or very easy to note who is and isn't in love. This is why when Paul writes to Ephesians, and we're talking about love just flowing, he he says, uh, hey, in the evil day, during, and by the way, if you don't know, we're in the evil day. <laughs> you can read it in Ephesians 6. He says, do everything that you can to stand. And he said, you know what, get ready, because let me just, if you don't know what the evil day is, can I just give you, like, translation of Keel Thompson paraphrase? All hell is breaking loose in your life. Okay, we living in a day like that today in the world where all Hades is breaking through uh, in, in people's lives. And we're living in that evil day. And during that evil day, he says that the enemy, he says that he says God has given you all of these things so that you can withstand all of the fiery darts that the enemy is throwing our way. But if we're not careful, though, some of those darts will get through and it'll pierce us with bitterness. It'll pierce us with resentment. It'll pierce, us with, it'll pierce us with frustrations, and it'll pierce us with criticisms and judgments. It'll pierce us with all of these things, and guess what? They'll flow out. This is why we have to be careful. This is why, you know, I've seen it all the time. We, we love what God is doing in the Extraordinary Church, but people come in, and you know what? You can tell when they get out the car, because sometimes I, they, don't, they don't see me out there. I'm just looking and watching. They get out the car, and they they just, but then when they see me, they're like, oh, praise God. Just excited, act like, and I'm like, y'all just telling right on yourself. I mean, look, we all have them at some point or another, but it's just kind of like immediately you, you can just tell the tone and tenor is very different. And what I want you to understand is it's easy to see who is and isn't in love. The second thing I want you to know about love, so love flows, but the second thing is love grows. Let me use an analogy with my kids. And so when we had Mia, she's our oldest, uh, when we found out we were pregnant, we, excuse me, she, Sarah, was pregnant. I'm acting like I did something, praise God. I got to get that correct because I could just feel her looking at me like, we? <laughs> I did all this. Yes, you did, praise God. Um, so, but we would talk to Mia, I, you know, I, we would lay hands on her, Sarah's belly and we'd be praying for her and we'd declare all the things that we believe she's going to do for the Lord and how much I loved her and we couldn't wait to meet her. And it was just great. I loved her before I had even met her. I know Sarah felt the same way. There was just a love. But, uh, and I was that dad. I was that dad that was like, hey, look, I'm going to be in the operating room. I was there. I told the doctors, I was like, you got like three seconds after you deliver our baby, I want to hold my baby. Praise God. I want, to, I want to squeeze her. And the moment that doctor gave me Mia and I was holding her, I was like, all nine pounds, 11 ounces. I was like, all of a sudden there was this reservoir in my heart that I didn't realize existed. It just began to overflow with love. 
And you know what's great is it? That love is continuing to grow to this day. My love for both of my kids continues to grow. And you know what? We tell, can I just encourage you to tell your children and your family members, your spouse, that you love them and you love them often? I need a better response than that. Praise God. You need to be in the habit and condition of telling people you love them. I was telling Lincoln the day, I said, man, I, I love you. I looked and I'm just affirming him, encouraging every day. I tell my family I love them at least once, twice, three times a day. I want them to know I love them. I want to hug them. I want to pull them in and tell them how much they mean to me. We were setting up today, and I was like, man, Lincoln, I was like, look at you, just looking sweet. I said, man, I'm kind of jealous, bro. I was like, Dad, you getting tall, looking kind of swole? I was like, you getting there. You know what? I'm not just trying to build him up, but it's because my love for him and how it's growing, it's easy, and I desire to affirm him. When your love for God grows, you're eager to articulate it. You're eager to affirm him. You're eager to bless him. You're eager to let him know how much, he lo- how much you love him, how much he means to you. This is why some of us know on the same time or at the same time what it's like when our love for God grows cold. See, that's when we have to press into him. That's when we have to be honest. And that's why we have to say, you know what? I don't like where I'm at right now, God. But I want to let me tell you, you know what? It's just like you have to recalibrate some things. If you know what? We sit down with couples and we do a lot of not a lot, but we do marriage counseling. We do premarital counseling. And I tell every a couple that I'm doing premarital counseling with never stop dating one another. And if they're married and, and, and things are kind of growing cold and we have to tweak some things, we have to develop a habit and a discipline, I'm like, you need to carve some time out. It's called date night. You need to begin to date one another. You're recalibrating. You're making sure one another, you are each other's priority. It's the same with Jesus. If you feel like your relationship is growing cold, you need to push everything aside and say, God, I'm here to give you praise. I'm here to give you worship. Why? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. And it's when he inhabits the praises of his people that you can be in his presence. And in his presence is fullness of joy. And the fullness of joy or the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm telling you, if you just begin to magnify God, if you just begin to worship God, if you just begin to glorify God, whether you feel it or not, He'll inhabit the praises that you give him. He'll come down and meet with you. He'll show up. Is there anybody that wants to give God praise? Come on and glorify him. Come on and lift him up. Come on and magnify him. He is worthy of praise. So see, first of all, worship is love. The second thing is worship is expressed. So if it's love and it's not expressed, it's not worship, okay? Let me give you another marriage analogy because all throughout Scripture we see this where, you know, Jesus Christ compares the church to his bride. And so imagine Sarah and I have been together 23 years. Imagine if we were talking and I was like, well, I don't need to tell you I love you. I told you I love you 23 years ago. I mean, some of y'all are like, yeah. Y'all looking at me like, this brother has lost his mind. It would be a very cold relationship. It would be chilly. See, in other words, love has to be expressed. 
okay? So uh, let me put it to you this way. Love communicated. Love communicated, which literally means giving and receiving. God created us to communicate with him. He created us to walk and talk with him, to worship him, to love him, to choose to love him. And I want you to understand this. This is because think about love expressed in, in relationships. I get it. I understand. Men, we don't do a lot of talking. We're, we're not one for a lot of words. We're on, look, this is scientific fact. This has nothing to do with your paradigm or your perspective, whether your studies are sacred or secular, sociologists, psychologists. They can, scientists have definitively concluded women talk more than men. Just what it is. And if anybody is married, you're going to be honest and say the same thing. This is why Jesus, I'll give you an example. Uh, men don't do a lot of talking. Uh, and so Jesus, with his disciples, he said, follow me. I'm going to show you what to do, and then you do it. That's exactly what they did. They did. He showed them what to do, and then he sent them out two by two. You go, and then let me, let me but yes, Jesus also spoke in parable. In parables, excuse me. Uh, but why would he do that? I'm convinced because there were women in the crowd. If you just read it, if you just read it, how many times has, has Jesus told a story, that's what a parable is, and the disciples are looking at him like, what? Can you, can you explain that to me? Because it was like words. They just lost it, if you will. It's the same thing. Men are the same way. We're not wired that way to talk we're not we're doers we respond by what we see and we do this is why most men drive if you're in a relationship most men drive you know what and they usually will drive for a really long time unless there's somebody there doing a lot of i'm just i'm just kidding some of y'all are laughing some of y'all are like easy 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 don't be upset with me don't be upset with me. But it's true. I can remember uh, Sarah and I in our relationship. It's just like, hey, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Here's how you can get men to talk. Because if I would go play golf or go out and do something with somebody, and she'd be like, oh, uh, what'd y'all talk about? And I'm like, what did we talk about? I don't know. <laughs> and, and I would say, I don't know. He's doing fine. You know, it's what it is. And she was like, you were gone for four hours. That's all y'all talked about? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember. But what she should have said is, what did y'all do? And then I'd be like, oh, man, look. Man, we, and, and, and you know, I wouldn't shut up. So talking about golf or whatever I was doing that particular day. And it's the same on the flip side with men. Men, don't go to your wife and be like, what did y'all do? You go to her, what did y'all talk about? Now prepare yourself. <laughs> Praise God. You asked. Prepare yourself. I remember, this is, I, I remember Sarah and I, and she's still, maybe not like recent, recently, but she does this. She's laughing because she's like, uh, I remember she'd be like, listen. 
And I'm like, okay, Gil. <sighs> Don't get this wrong. Listen. Five, seven minutes go by, and then she'll be like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, wait a second, you want me to talk now? Because I was listening. <laughs> but it's true. We can get caught up in that, if you will. But can I say this? Men often like to say that we're not expressive. But I don't believe that to be the case at all. I, I, first of all, let me just say this. I have a desire. I really want to see men worship God in spirit and in truth. I can remember, I, I said this at the one o'clock. I didn't grow up in church, but I had never, when I, when I came to the church, this is when choirs were real popular. We don't see a lot of choirs now, but choirs were real popular. And uh, when they were uh, popular, you know, they get to singing and they always kind of have this part in the choir song, especially if it's a good song, you know, the choir director is just directing the, and they like, take the sopranos and the sopranos would sing. And everybody's like, oh, that's good. And then they're like, you know, take it, altos, and the altos would take it. But then they would say, take it, tenors. And man, when those men would begin to sing praise unto God, I was like, oh, snap. I mean, it was just like, man. So I was like, I can't wait to get in the choir because when, when I get in the choir and we get to that part, I'm like singing with everything that I have. It is the will of God that men know how to praise God. Lift up holy hands without wrath. God does want us to bless him. He wants us to magnify him. He wants us to exalt him and give him praise. But see, worship is love expressed. That's right, Zion. See how easy that is? Worship is love expressed. Praise God. That's a young man after God's heart in Jesus' name. So, you know what? Now, I know some of you are saying, well, that's not my personality type, Pastor. You know what? I'm just, I mean, you know, my wife wants me to just, you know, get down and be like, babe, I, I love y'all. And you know what? I, I, I told her like a month ago, she looked nice. Can I tell you, I, see, somebody you already told on yourselves, because I played cricket with y'all last year. And I was like, oh, snap. I was like, I don't think I've ever heard so-and-so raise their voice or not. We, y'all, we were lit for cricket. Men running around, jumping up and down, high-fiving one another, screaming, encouraging one another. Why? We were being very expressive. Can I tell you, if we would just translate that from sports and say, God, you're worthy of my praise. You're worthy of everything that I have and then some. You are great and greatly to be praised. Your goodness and mercy is following after me. I will magnify you with my whole heart. I will give you praise that's worthy of your name. We do express ourselves. We do express ourselves. But if we're not careful, we'll fall into the trap that, oh, no, I don't do that. That's not a masculine thing. I can remember getting caught up into that in the infancy of it when Sarah and I were early in our marriage and we would have devotions together and we would pray and she's just praying and she's crying and in the presence of the Lord. And I'm like, man, it kind of really shook me for a minute because I was like, I must not have a walk with God. I was like, because whatever she's feeling... I'm not feeling. I was like, Lord, help me here. But it took me a while to begin to 
connect and begin to ex be comfortable expressing myself to the Lord in the way that I believe was pleasing unto God. God, can I just push pause here for just one second and tell you, men, it is masculine to worship. And if you read your Bible, you'll understand that debts were canceled because of men that knew how to worship God. Nations were subdued because of men who knew how to worship God. It is the will of God that we worship, not just men, but women also. God wants all of us to magnify him. I believe that God is raising up extraordinary worshipers in this house right now that will be willing to magnify him, to allow the totality of their existence to be worshiped unto him God I love you and I praise you not only with my words but with my lifestyle I'll show you how much I love you I'll show you how much I think of you I'll express my love to you because of who you are in my life it's true it's true just think about this when you were ready when I was ready to express my love to Sarah you know you kind of had this little moment like I'm not sure Vic if she going, I remember calling her cousin. I was like, yo, Sophia. I was like, how do you, how do you know she really likes me? I'm like, I like love her. She was like, kill, she's crazy about you. I'm like, but how do you know? What does she say? Because you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be like, oh yeah, love you. And then you like crickets. I wasn't trying to be that guy. So I was trying to get assurance. And as I obtained this assurance, she was like, kill, kill, just trust me. And so I was like, okay. So you know what? I begin to send cards and, you know, you send flowers and stuffed animals and you do all kind of stuff. I mean, you know, you start buying cell phones. Praise God. That was back when the cell phone was like a big transistor radio. You had to take out a big antenna and it was like, and the only game that, no, that game, didn't, they didn't even have Cobra or Snake on that, which is like basically a bunch of blocks. <laughs> now, but you do those things. What was I doing? I was expressing my love. When I, that's it, buddy. And you know what I did? When I was ready, how did I express? Got down on one knee and I said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm choosing to love you. I'm inviting you in. I, that's right. It was great. I, we went at a nice little steakhouse. It was a wonderful thing. We had, I invited a friend of mine to sing. What I was doing was expressing my love to her. Now, think about this. The one who has forgiven you of all of your sins. The one who has healed your body. The one who has kept you in your right mind. The one who has provided for you. The one who has sustained you. The one who is literally why you have breath in your lungs right now. How will you express your love to him? Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> How will you express your love to him? How will you let him know, God, I'm thankful. I need you. I'm grateful for you. You are the apple of my eye. You're my magnificent obsession. How will you express your love to him? So here's, here's what we do. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. But here's what I, I want you to think about this for just a moment. And you know what? Cass, you can come on. I want you to think about this because this is great. If you, if you look throughout scripture, something interesting of note happens. If you look at 
uh, after the fall, the Lord initiates, and he still initiates all over. Um, he still initiates first. No man can come unless he draws. So God initiates. But what's interesting is this. I think it's Genesis 4. What is it, 26, Andrea? Great. She's got out 25. Um, and Adam knew his wife again. So let me just push pause for a moment here. Uh, because if you read this, uh, prior to this, in every instance, God approached, man, where are you? Who told you you were naked? You know, where, where's your brother? Remember, Cain's like, am I my brother's keeper? The Lord is asking these questions to survey. But what's interesting is this. Notice that's Genesis 3 and a little into 4, but watch this. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. Watch this, verse 26. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. Praise God. The New Living Translation says, men begin to worship the name of the Lord. Can I tell you, I'm here to declare prophetically that God is raising up an extraordinary sound out of this house because we will be extraordinary worshipers. Why? Because love has everything to do with Him. Love is the motivation. Love is the reason why. And it's not a secondhand emotion. It's a primary choice. A choice that says, God, I love you with all of my being. I love you with everything that I have. I love you because you first love me. But let me help you. Here's how we're going to transition. You ever notice in a relationship? Um, so what's, what's great is when you're first... Y'all don't have to tell me. Y'all probably have little nicknames for one another. But at first, you're probably like Vashti. Now, Vic seems like he'd be real smooth. So I could say, he would just be like Vashti. And she's like, oh, that's so nice. But at some point, as their relationship grew, he's probably like, I see you, baby. Oh, he's like, that's, that's my girl. The relationship grows and so how he expresses his love for his bride grows. At first, it's like, you know what? Sometimes she's Sarah. Sometimes she's Bay. Sometimes she's baby girl. Sometimes she's my princess. I can, why? Because as my love for her has grown, sometimes she's mama, you know, it's just like as my love for her grows, so how I express my love to her as well. And so it's the same thing. If we're not careful, we'll allow our relationship with God to be very limited. And we'll get into the point where it's just like, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Kind of like in a relationship. If I told Sarah every day, like, or if, oh, you look nice. And let's say she got her hair done, did again. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. Oh, you like my shoes? Oh, they're nice. Oh, look at this outfit. That's nice. Everything's just nice. Very limited. She'd be like, well, don't you have anything else to say? I spent three hours doing my hair. And all you got to say is it's nice? That's nice. No, 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 no. I have to expand how I express my love for her. And as I do that, I'm like, wow, I love the way you did your hair. And, and look, you know, 
whatever. I'm not going to make it like too personal because then I might, you know. But anyway, you say some things and it's like, oh man, you really paid attention. That means a lot to me. So I'll give you an example. One of the things I love about the 403 is when I have more than a few people in the car, I can navigate on over and it can be traffic for hours. But let me get in that HOV lane, everything just opens up. Can I tell you, the more you learn to express your love to God, that's when the HOV lane opens up spiritually. When you kind of get from, hallelujah, hallelujah, to you know what? God, I'm so thankful you woke me up today. Look at the sunrise. Look at your creation. You're, you're so good. I have breath in my body today, God, and it's because of you, Lord. You've kept me. When I look back over my life and where I was, it is no question that you have been with me all along. You've never left me nor forsaken me. Thank you, God. I love you. And when you begin to express yourself that way, you're going to notice a shift in your worship. You're going to notice a shift in your relationship with God. And God is here to call us this afternoon because love is the primary reason we're pursuing Him. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.